The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to another edition of NBA Today Hoop Ball Presentation. Got a little special uh, episode here for y'all today. I was honored to join a couple buddies of mine on Twitter. You can find them, the Nature Boy at Hard to Explain on Twitter. Hard H A R D number two explain X P L A I N. And I also have my buddy Stone Hansen. You can find him on Twitter at Report underscore Court. He's an NBA draft contributor for at DraftSite and at six zero two A Z. And we had a really fun time talking about the NBA draft. Uh, we went through the entire first round, where we feel players may fall, what certain teams may want to trade out of their pick. It was a really interesting deep dive conversation. And with the draft, you know, a little less than a week away, we figured I figured why not check it out, get all the information you can on our end from other people who are more experienced than myself. But I was happy, happy to be able to join them and kind of talk through not only who I wanted at certain spots, but also how that would work out um, in terms of different teams and what they need. And, and it's a really interesting thought exercise. Again, this draft is, it's crazy. It's crazy, y'all. So definitely make sure to check that out. I want y'all to enjoy that. But I also want to let you know before we get started on that, Remember, this is a huge, huge week for everyone at HoopBall because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. So there's a lot, but real brief, we have the Draft Guide, which is our flagship shining beacon. It's just the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. Um, our guys went 400 players deep again this year. But there's also a future access pass to the Brewski 150, which, if you don't know what that is, it's the, basically the fantasy draft list and all other lists. It's beaten every other list for 10 straight years. Also, HoopBall is unveiling our monthly membership plans, and so I'll try to keep that as short as possible. We have the Fantasy Pass, which includes the Draft Guide, the Brewski 150, the also-new DFS Pass, and all of our in-season premium tools, all right? And this DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. You also got the Wager Pass, if you're a sports better who wants the picks and analysis. And we have the HoopBall 360. That covers everything, y'all. That sucker has it all. So definitely make sure to check that out, hoop-ball.com, or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now hoop-ball.com and then follow on Twitter at HoopBallFantasy. But first, I would like you to just sit back, relax, and enjoy this deep dive of the NBA draft. All right. We wanted to welcome everybody. Um, this is a, a kind of a first. This is the three-man weave we're doing on the NBA uh, drafts coming up, uh, I believe, the 18th. Um, you know, the NBA has had a nice run. Um, you know, with the, with the bubble, they've managed to figure all that out and they crown the champion. I don't know if it's a full champion, but that's another debate, another time. But nevertheless, we got the draft now and the draft is like eternal hope for everybody. You know, me growing up in the D.C. area, um, the Wizards, we're never good. So the draft is all we have, really, you know, and then you get Juan Vesely. But never mind. That's a whole nother story. Uh, everybody, introduce <laughs> yourselves. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Corbin Ford. Uh, you find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Um, host of NBA Today with uh, Hoopball, and also work with um, Premium Hoops, and just an overall NBA super fan, like I'm sure we all are. So that's just a little about myself. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Stony? Uh, I am Stone. I work for uh, DraftSite.com. You can find all the mock drafts up there. Uh, all my work, usually my big boards and all that, is posted at Report underscore Court on Twitter. Um, and I'm just this huge draft fan. Uh, I just all year long, I just follow the draft. So this is kind of my favorite time of the year. It's like my Christmas. 
<laughs> I love it. No, no, I actually, it. actually, y'all, he meant Kwanzaa, but Christmas will work too. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so oh. let's 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 you know what? Let's just let's you know skip all the singing. Let's get right tonight. Let's start it off. Number one, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who you got? Uh, I actually don't think they stay at number one. Honestly. Uh, oh, whoa! Is this, yeah. is this breaking news? Uh, this is uh, maybe to some people, but. Uh, I think that, um, at least from the rumors I've heard, that they're looking to trade down out of number one. And I think you'll see this in a lot of uh, maybe top five scenarios is these picks. There's no A lot of the teams don't view them as any real star player like Zion or Jaw in the last draft. So um, a lot of them are trying to see if they can move down and pick up a little bit of added value. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure they stay at number one, but if they do, I would guess it's LaMelo Ball. Okay. All right. All right. What about you, Corbin? So it's funny. I like LaMelo. Okay, that's not true. I'm a Lakers fan. I had the Lonzo Ball experience. Uh, <laughs> LaMelo's cool. I mean, uh, like the idea of LaMelo is like, uh, you know, this combo guard with amazing vision, um, someone who can up just immediately raise the playmaking of any team he's on. However, I feel like as the Timberwolves, you just got D'Angelo Russell. Now, whether um, LaMelo is already off the top better than D'Angelo Russell, whether he will be, whether the two can coexist, um, who's playing off ball, because D'Angelo Russell likes to kind of dominate the ball as a punker himself. Those are questions that I just would not even entertain if I was the Timberwolves. So I would go with Anthony Edwards. I feel like that probably isn't the ideal outcome for the Timberwolves from like the outside fans point of view, but from the Timberwolves perspective, you just traded for Russell. He's going to be turn your long-term, excuse me. You're trying to appease Carl Anthony towns. I think the last thing you want to do is cause some dis dissentment or I'm losing the word, but cause any friction by bringing in a guard that could at best supplant D'Angelo Russell off hand. And at worst, just kind of take some time down the line. So you bring a guy in Edwards who, you know, explosive, a powerful 6'5 dude. Um, he can definitely fill it up. You say, okay, that's your role. Maybe he's starting shooting guard, depending on what you do with Malik Beasley. And then you have these guys, well, yes, imperfect, especially on the defensive end. You've kind of locked in according to what you're doing with Carl Anthony Towns for the future with D'Angelo Russell. And there's no um, there's no rock in the boat too much. So if they don't trade the Mustoni on that, I think I would just take Anthony Edwards. You know what? That's an interesting point because we all know what D'Angelo Russell does to teammates. Page and Nick Young, Page yeah. and Nick Young. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like number one, personally, like I said, I'm a massive uh, ball family. Uh, LeVar, Lonzo, Jello, eh, but definitely Mello. Um, I just think he's a special talent. And it, it, the thing about it is I, I, he's not like a special talent, like going to average 25 and eight next year. That's, that's not happening. He's a special talent with his vision. He's a special talent that he grew up um, since age 14 in the limelight and, 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 and always bald and always he's a professional already. He's a, I mean, he's already like you said, he's professional. He's he's a proven commodity. I think um, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago when the Zoe was at the um, uh, summer games. Mello would have thousands and thousands of middle school kids just following him, like all his moves and everything. And then you think about it, that was four years ago. Those kids are in high school now. I mean, those kids are seniors. Those kids are going to college. Those kids are the 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 the, era, the age that they're actually watching basketball and paying for jerseys, sneakers, and all that stuff. That's a core market right there. I think the guy's a star. Um, I personally um, 
don't want them in Minnesota for selfish reasons because it's a terrible market. Um, I personally would want them in Chicago, New York, but you know, nevertheless, Mellow Ball. And by the way, we must give uh, Mr. Ball, Papa Ball, LeVar Ball props for having two sons go number one and number two in the draft. Throughout all his shenanigans or whatever you want to call it, he delivered. I mean, bottom line, the boy delivered. So give him some mm. props on that. All right, let's move on to number two. We got the Golden State Warriors. You're up, Stoney. Uh, so for the Warriors, I think this is another just kind of situation where the they could trade out of number two. Um, I think they would ideally uh, like to pick up maybe extra draft capital in 2021, where it's a bit more of a loaded draft, or uh, a bet package it with maybe Andrew Wiggins to get more of a star player. Um, but if they do end up staying at number two, I think. Uh, you could you could see them take a little bit of a reach here and go for maybe Denny Avdia or Tyrese Halliburton, uh, two guys that are ball movers, uh, can play within the scheme uh, really well of the Warriors, which is move the ball around the perimeter, uh, find open cutters. Avdia is one of the best, if not the best cutter in the entire draft. Um, so I think you'll see, we could see a big reach here, despite uh, the common belief that this is a James Wiseman territory. <laughs> I like it. I like it. What do you think, Corbin? That is interesting. Um, I was definitely in the if you can't trade Wiseman, who you know you're fitting a role that he can play. Kind of, uh, you've seen the centers that Golden State have had, you know, over the years in terms of you know you slot them in, they play a role. So Javel McGee, Zaza Pachulia, um, David Weston spots on the bench. What they're doing. I feel like Wiseman on a veteran-laden team that's trying to contend, you're just that guy. You know what I mean? And if you make a, a good trade chip down the road, fine, but at least now you fill a position of semi-need as far as a big who can switch, kind of play alongside Draymond and these other guys in that starting five. Um, and then eventually, or hopefully, kind of supplant as these guys ate, you know, as kind of my focal point. It's so weird as, as being a big in today's NBA, but if you're looking in the more or, or a center like that, then maybe you're looking at Wiseman in that area. That being said, if not, I think additional playmaker would be interesting for that team. Um, I, I feel very strong on Devin Vassell only because I feel like if you do that, then he's a 3-and-D wing. He's like the perfect kind of mode. He's not a Kevin Durant, but he's also probably a little more efficient, proficient in his role than maybe a Harrison well, Barnes. Well, hold that thought. Okay. Who in the hell is Kevin Durant? <laughs> we'll see there's your thoughts on that one <laughs> but like i was using that to show like the small forwards you know the golden state have had over the last couple of years you gave me though exactly he's, he's disappeared although i do have my brooklyn nets hoodie somewhere anyways um with that being said if you take the cell and that's if the warriors can't get out of this pick because you're right i think one two and three as stone stoney mentioned are trying to move those picks um if you can't get out of that then again you're looking to contend immediately if you do that then while, yes, Clay Thompson might just because of, you know, aging just a little bit and that injury that he suffered might have to play some of the three, he can still mm -hmm. play more of his natural position the two, and you're not rocking the boat too much, and everyone can kind of stay where they are. So, and then if you do it that way, centers are a dime a dozen. So, like, especially in this market. So you can just grab another plug-and-play center, say Baines or whoever that might be for the Warriors moving forward. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think it's a lot more interesting there. Um, but that's what I'm like. That, that's, that's a good point. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. You can just plug and play with a center. You can, they can find a six ten cat playing at LA Fitness, like you know. But I, you know, I just thought Wiseman. 
he's not a generational type talent. He's not. I saw him play a couple games early at uh, Memphis, and he was okay. He wasn't like he wasn't. You know, he wasn't Greg Oden. He wasn't a great, great player, but he could be a rim runner, uh, catch a couple lobs, block shots, chill, get out the way of the Splash Brothers. You know, I was thinking that they're going to take him too. Now you guys have convinced me that he might not go number two. So I think I think if he doesn't go number two, he'll definitely go to the Hornets at number three, just because of uh, that's he just has that pedigree. But um, I that's where I think I'm a bit lower on Wiseman in terms of like the mainstream and a lot of other people is just because uh, replaceability is a huge factor with him. Um, there when he first comes into the league, he's going to be a rim runner. He's just going to go, uh, he's going to be there to protect the paint, catch easy lobs, get easy finishes. Um, and that's something you could find like at the bottom of the barrel on the free agent market. Uh, so how valuable really is that? Is that something you want to take top five or even top 10? Uh, and that's where I kind of disagree with a lot of people, I think. Unrelated. This is like totally related with graph, but it just broke like 10 minutes ago. And I feel I should share it because I'm like, whoa. So Sham Sharani had just reported that uh, Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. Oh, you know, sidebar. We, we, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Which means not far behind. I think. Yeah, far, far exactly. That's exactly. That's... And, and it, it kind of sucks because Steven Silas just got his first head coaching gig. And he's a this guy's been grinding for 21 years. Then he gets to he gets to Houston. It's like shit. I ain't got nothing here. Like everyone's leaving. Why's everyone leaving? Right. So, um, Russell Westbrook. Um, you're the Russell Westbrook apologist. So, um, that's a whole nother topic for a whole Sorry, other day. It just broke, so I felt like yeah, we'll have to talk about another time. But I just felt like news. Boom. Had to share. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, it's true. It's true. He's um he's always on the move though. Great guy and plays hard. But yeah. there's obviously something there that. Teams just be like, I can do without, you know. You know exactly. Uh, all right, let's move on to number three. So number three, we have the Charlotte Bobcat Hornets flying MJs. I don't know what they're called now. Um, uh, Corbin, let's start off with you. Who do you think they're taking? So in the event that Anthony Edwards is not available for them, I think they go for Wiseman. I think you get another big Cody Zellers in the last year of his contract. You already have plenty of guards slash swingmen who can fill it up between um, Devontae Graham, uh, Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, Miles um, Bridge, all these kind of perimeter players. You need a new big to kind of move forward. Cody Zellers, a very solid player, but you see the very hard ceiling that you reach with him. And he might not be long for that. He doesn't actually fit their long-term future as much as any of them do, but just in terms of that. Um, and so I see someone in Wiseman who you can conceivably go and say, hey, you know, we can build around this guy's the next pillar um, and see how he works with some of the younger guys on our team and go from there. So I feel like any of those guys are entertaining, but I don't know about LaMelo to Charlotte, but like I could see Anthony Edwards fall to Charlotte. I could see why everyone's saying where he might fall. I don't know, but like, I definitely could see a future where Wiseman could go to Charlotte. There you go. What about you, Stoney? What do you think? Um, for Charlotte? With Charlotte, I think it's just about uh, taking the best player available for them. Uh, they really, it's it's all about just getting as much talent as you possibly can and not worrying about fit, in my opinion. Um, who they take is probably not who I have highest on my board, but I do think they would probably take Edwards or Wiseman, depending on who's available. One of those two guys will be there still probably. Uh, so I think that's who they go with. Wiseman, as Corbin said, is just that big that they need. They don't have really a center at the moment. They have Cody Zeller, but it's he's more of just a filler. Um, so you're probably going to want to pair him with P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges in your front court. 
Um, as we already mentioned, he's going to be a rim runner, uh, which is a role they don't really have at the moment. Um, and then with Anthony Edwards, he immediately probably becomes uh, just takes the keys to the offense. Um, there's no one to really on a nightly basis take control of that. They have Devontae Graham, but like, is that really who you want as your number one option? Um, so I think they'll go with either one of those guys, um, but probably not who I would personally go with. Yeah, right. That's fair. Well, we'll uh, send that uh, information to Mr. Jordan. I'm sure he's on the 18th hole because he hasn't been to the office in about four years. Great player. <laughs> great guy. We love MJ, but still. Um, all right, let's go. We go Now we're going to the Windy City. Um, the second city, as they call it, too. I love Chicago, even though their uh, deep dish pizza is vastly overrated. Um, who you got? Who you got them taking, Stoney? Um, so I think uh, this is kind of where the draft really starts in terms of um, where people where it kind of gets a little bit uh, chaotic. Um, I think the common perception a lot of people have is that Denny Avdija will be the pick here. Mm. Um, and that's the cat that played it in Israel, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a combo forward, um, three and four really does everything you want offensively. Um, doesn't have a ton of holes in this game. Shooting is kind of the one concern that people have, but, um, he's, he, he shows a lot of fluidity in his mechanics and stuff that make you kind of believe in it. Uh, defensively, he's pretty solid. Um, a little struggles a little bit with movement, but, um, that's, you know, something that can develop. He's still really young, 19, I believe. Um, so I think this is where the draft really starts. Uh, you could also see them go with Tyrese Halliburton here, someone who just moves the ball. Um, right. They already have Kobe White. They have Zach Levine, two go-to scorer type guys. Um, so Halliburton can just keep moving the ball. Um, and you could also see the Bulls jump up here, maybe to number one or number two, like we were saying. Whoa, um, whoa, maybe they I want, like that. Maybe they want LaMelo Ball just to start to actually get in Chicago finally. Um, pair pair the number four pick with a future pick or Lowry or Wendell. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think right here, those where the, where it really starts to get fun for the draft. Now that I will love Chicago's a massive market. That's been so whack recently. And you almost forget now if they uh, draft this guy, um, I don't even know how do you pronounce his first name. Danny, uh, Denny, Denny. Um, mm-hmm. what about marketing marketing? Like what, what happens to him? Cause he's kind of fell off, right? Yeah. Um, well, with Markkinen, I think you saw him held back a lot in Jim Boylan's system. Um, Markkinen's one of those guys that uh, relies a lot on his confidence. Um, he's a shooter, so you, you have to be confident when you shoot, right? But when Boylan pulls you out in the fourth quarter with like seven minutes left and it's a close game and shows he has no faith in you, it's kind of hard to be confident on a night-to-night basis. So I think you saw a lot of his stock drop in terms of how the NBA values him. Uh, whereas this year I think uh, Billy Donovan has an opportunity to really uh, highlight what Lowry can do alongside Wendell and uh, help improve those two bigs' confidence and stock around the league. There you go. There you go. Yeah. What's your take, Corbin? What's your take on um, who um, Chicago's uh, taking? I, I agree almost entirely with Stoney. I think Halliburton will be a nice second fit. Um, I've even seen um, Yeke Nkongu. Um, Kukungu, there we go, as like a thought. And I don't know, you already have Wendell Carter Jr. I would imagine that his move would be different then or, or something like that um, in terms of the fit. But that would be my thought first and foremost. Maybe someone like Denny, um, specifically someone that can play alongside them. He's more of a four than a three, but then if you slide marketing into the five, which I think can work, then you have 
kind of a semblance of, of a good starting five with those two there and then, you know, Kobe White and Zach Levine and Otto Porter. Boom. You know what I mean? So I think that is at least semi-intriguing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say Otto Porter? Yeah. Isn't he still there, Otto Porter Jr.? See, I'm I'm in the oh, DC area. You know, I'm telling you, bro. You must I'm in the DC area. We've had to deal with Otto Porter for the last six, seven years before he got traded, and man, yes. he was a trick or treater. Some well, games I'm, he looked great, and some days he would just I don't know what he. Did. I'm glad he got no, paid though. I didn't say I didn't say he's like I didn't say they have a, a contender to make it there, bro. No, but what I mean is like what I mean is like you have a starting five that makes some sense, and with no, the coach. I, you know, in Billy Donovan, that works out. I'm with you on that. Yeah, Porter's Porter's something else. But um, yeah, you can even put him in a six man role, uh, or right. Kobe White, which I think is actually better suited as a six man role, and uh, try and highlight Zach Levine as a creator and put him as a point guard. So uh, it just gives you a lot of rotational flexibility taking FDA or Halliburton there. There you go. There you go. No doubt. Good intel, fellas. All right, let's go to the uh, Cavaliers and. On, on the uh, on at draft site, they have the mock has that uh, Ob Toppin. What do you guys think about that? Uh, with, oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh no, no, no! I was no. You go, man. I'm sorry. I got afterwards. <laughs> um, Ob is uh, probably the worst defender as a forward in this entire class, but probably the best offensive forward in the entire class. Uh, so it's a real um, interesting dichotomy with him. I think that the Cavaliers, similar to the Hornets, are just trying to pick the best player available, uh, regardless of positional fit or talent. Um, they just want you know as much talent as they can get there because of uh, all they have really is Kevin Porter Jr. and Sexton, and depending on how you view Garland. Um, so I think Obi Toppin here is a weird fit because they have Andre Drummond, who will probably opt in uh, with that $25 million contract. They have Tristan Thompson. They have Kevin Love. Um, but I think they'll probably view him as the best player available. He's a little bit older as a sophomore. He's already 22. Um, but he provides floor spacing as a power forward. Um, provides a lot of – he's one of the best finishers, if not the best finisher in the draft. Um, he's got great vertical athleticism. Um, but defensively, it's going to be a real struggle for him and uh, – it's difficult to see how you hide him in in any sort of uh, defensive scheme. Wow, you're saying this guy's terrible in defense. Jeez, okay. <laughs> what do you think, Corbin? Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> it's funny. I made a joke. So you know Shakira's song "Hips Don't Lie." Toppins, Obi's. Oh yeah, lie. we're big. We're big Shakira fans over here. There, there you go. Oh, there you go. And Obi's hips are lying every time he pretends to get to a defensive stance. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, with that being said. I do see like Amari type kind of comparisons. Whoa, slight. Whoa. It's like, it, I mean, he's explosive at the game. He's older. I think he fits more with Cleveland right now because you have a lot of guys that are already younger in the Darius Garland, in um, the Colin Sexton. You have Kevin Porter Jr. He fits a role we could slide in at the four. Um, defensively, uh, I don't think those guys are exactly uh, first team all deep. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just the way see what happens. The way I think is, is something scale up in the NBA and you hope that you have some defensive coaching that can just take him the absolute heck because um it's a mess. Like it's not even funny how tragic it is on that end. But to me the surefire number you just grab that's fair. That's fair. All right, I feel you, oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> that's all good. Let's move on to oh, the um, mm -hmm. Atlanta Hawks. Um they're an interesting team. Uh Trey's a beast. Um 
Cam was, I don't know what he did. I used to watch Cam in high school. He just, I don't know. I'm not saying he's whack, but he's, he hasn't turned the corner. Even at Duke, I didn't think he was turning the corner. Um, they they, they uh, traded last year for, uh, what's the big guy? Uh, uh, Capella. Yeah. So they're kind of a weird team. They're not totally whack. Um, they're actually fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if they're really in win now mode, but they could get a, a seventh AFC, right? If Trey plays out of his mind and he clearly can play out of his mind. So what do you guys think? Who's uh, Who should they take? Uh, this is where it gets a little bit uh, spicy in the draft. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Kevin O'Connor's report today from the ringer that uh, multiple teams are trying to trade actually to get up to that number six pick because they view Patrick Williams as a really high commodity. From Florida uh, State, right? Yeah, exactly. I uh, played alongside Devin Vassell. Um, and I think uh, I don't think the Hawks stay at number six here. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of good offers that they get for number six. Um, and really, there's no positional value or positional need that they re- really need to get at number six. Um, so there's trading back or out is definitely a big option for them right here. Um, so if I had to put money on it, I don't think the Hawks make this pick on draft night. Mm, okay. You guys are dropping those, those mad Intel, mad Intel. Um, yeah. The Hawks, that's a, like an interesting team. I, I can see where you're thinking about that, but you know, you know, let them, uh, they'll figure it out. They got Trey last year and they'll, they'll they're definitely going to be right there. So let's they need some on. veterans, and I think number six can uh, help provide that. Veteran. Very true. On. I agree. Let's move on to uh, Detroit. The Detroit players, as we call them. Detroit. Um, kind of a ho-hum team. You don't never see them on yeah. television. You don't really know who's on the team. I know Blake's still there, but he, he never plays. Um, well, Ross might join him. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I have no idea what – Detroit, like they're, they're a team like you really just don't know. You, you don't even know what they do or their style of play. So I, I'll give it to the experts. What do you guys think they do here? Go for it. <laughs> so that's funny. Um, I would swoop up and grab Killian Hayes. I feel like you're looking for a guard, you know, coming up. I don't know how long he is for Detroit. He'll be there because that contract just alone. But you want a new building block. Derrick Rowe at least will be gone. After that, you're kind of looking at um, Sekou Demboya as far as like a young piece you can sort of build around. And I think that you get someone in Hayes that you can kind of grow with. Probably going to be in the same position next year. But you have a guard that you can, okay, this is what we're going to do moving forward. Kind of set around him. And, and I like Hayes as a prospect. I think he's... If I remember him as the prospect, right, uh, he only goes to his left hand. Be, um, diversifying that would be pretty good because um, yeah, it's going to be on that good. Yeah, if you only got one hand in the NBA, they're going to snatch your shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zach Randolph syndrome. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, you know, you have a, a, a taller guard with a span, um, good, decent range on his shot. I feel like he's someone that – I mean, you're basically starting essentially from scratch if you're Detroit. Why not start yeah. with the guard and kind of look at it, the team or that guy? No, I, I, I 100% agree. Stone, before I get uh, your take on it, what's your take on Blake? Is is he up for the grabs? Like, could he be gone? Uh, 
I, if I'm Detroit, I'm looking to move Blake as quickly as possible. Um, you're rebuilding, you're rebuilding team, and Blake Griffin is on a completely different timeline for you. Exactly. Um, he's a he's a combo forward who I actually like how he's developed his game to stick with the NBA. He's become a lot more of a point forward, which is what it's in what's in vogue right now. Um, he's become a real formidable shooter. Um, it's just a matter of health, as always, with him, and uh, it's not something you could really bet on, especially with how big that contract is. So it's really difficult to see how other teams will value him. But if I'm Detroit, I'm definitely looking to move him. Yeah, I, I, I and you know what? It's kind of funny. He's actually kind of funny as a comedian. Sidebar: <laughs> He's not that bad. Like he, he, I've seen a lot worse on Comedy Central late <laughs> night. But you know, so Stony, who you got Detroit taking? Um, so for uh, like Corbin said, I actually like Killian Hayes here. Um, he's actually tied for number one with Lamelo Ball as my number one player in this draft. Um, I think he's got excellent vision. Um, a guy who sees everything before it happens, just like Lamelo. Um, Lamelo is a little bit uh, better of a passer, higher IQ, but Killian um, has all the fundamentals. A uh, guy who can score from all three levels. Um, he's kind of a weird case because as a spot-up shooter, he struggled uh, this past year in Germany. Uh, he's a French point guard, but he played in Germany this past year. Um, he struggled as a spot-up shooter, but as a pull-up shooter, had excellent numbers, um, So, which is kind of rare, rare because you see um, that flip-flop a lot of times uh, going the other way. Um, but I think he's a, a big guard, um, shows a lot of uh, strong tendencies defensively, uh, something he could buy into. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if sometime down the line uh, he may get some defensive accolades within the NBA. Um, but where I think the Pistons will go here is actually with Patrick Williams, uh, a combo forward. Um, you can kind of push Blake out a little bit. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with Christian Wood. It's going to take a lot of money to keep him here. Uh, so I think we pair Pat- Patrick Williams with Seiko Demboya. Um, it kind of matches um, that big forward um, role that the Pistons have been drafting as of late. Um, you can pair those guys at the three, four, or even the four or five. Um, so it gets really interesting with those two. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I could definitely see Blake on the go, and it's good for him. I think he actually deserves to play with a contender and figure some things out. All right, so moving on to number eight, we have the glorious New York, New York, New York Knicks, or as my buddies like to say, the New York Chicks. Um, a terrible, terribly ran franchise. Um, but God, I want Lamelo Ball there. He's that's so perfect if he would get to the Knicks, but. Doesn't like it's going to happen. Uh, who you guys got them taking? I actually wouldn't be shocked if they did go up, uh, and try to trade up for Lamella here. Uh, they obviously need a superstar here. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, they have they have uh, Mitchell Robinson or R.J. Barrett to kind of dangle in front of teams ahead of them. Uh, Whoa, I, you, would, you would get rid of uh, Barrett already? I personally would not make this move, but I'm trying to think like the Knicks. Um, and, I, and we know the Knicks aren't afraid of, uh, you know, making poor decisions. No. So, uh, I think getting fans in the seats, uh, well, once they can, um, with LaMelo ball is, a uh, is something that uh, James Dolan will look for. He's all about entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if they do stay at number eight, uh, we could see them go with, um, Isaac Okoro here. Yeah. Uh, he is really strong defensive forward, probably the best perimeter defender. Um, maybe Josh Green has an argument, but I would say he's probably the best perimeter defender here. Really strong, one of the strongest players in this entire draft. Um, 
with with the shot is what what people are afraid of. And pairing him with RJ Barrett is kind of scary because neither of them are shooters, both flashers. Um, but Okoro uh, possesses the ability to be a, a point forward. Uh, he's got great passing ability uh, for his size. So um, it becomes really interesting here for the Knicks. I'm not really sure exactly what they'll go with. Trust me, they, they're not neither. Um, <laughs> what about you, Corbin? What do you got with the Nick, the Knickerbockers? I mean, I think we all know that pick's going to Houston for uh, Russell Westbrook. So I think we can just <laughs> um, But I, I agree with, with Stoney. It's so weird where New York would go. Um, I don't – I mean – I could see Isaac Okoro is an interesting fit for someone so good on defense with some interesting on-ball creation, but a horrible shooter. With that being said, I don't know if he's the guy that New York would take as far as like, you know, like marketing or whatever. But at this point, you're not getting a player in that if everything goes as we're saying, that's going to be that one guy. With that being said, I think I would go with maybe Patrick Williams. Um, the reason why, as far as someone who could just shoot the three and kind of play decent defense and, and sort of in a role that you can then say, okay, Guess what? Free agent A, B, C, or trade acquisition A, B, C. We have a guy who will just stay out the way. Who's you know do, he's gonna grow alongside as like our new revamp supporting cast. I think they're gonna get someone that will kind of get out of the way unless they trade for one of those top three players that they can then put butts in seats if there are butts to you know be put in seats come the season. Um, if not, I'm looking at a role like that, and I feel like Core will be more or less his talents will be way New York because of the defensive act will bring on a team. I mean, we're pretty sure they're going to be full of horrible defense. Yeah, it's hard for a team that has no defense and no shooting. Uh, <laughs> to get a guy who's all defense and no shooting. But besides exactly. that, they're they're almost there, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's the Knickerbockers for you. They'll be back next year. The, the problem with the Knicks, and I see with this the team that's coming up next, you got to suck really bad to get really a good draft pick. You, you get in the eighth, ninth, pick it doesn't really it doesn't do you any good that's why i love what hinky did i mean i really did like you know if you're gonna be sorry be sorry embrace the suck just do it do it all right moving on so we got we got dc my zards my uh hometown team they're terrible and no one ever admits to being the dc fan because they've been terrible my whole life and at 39 that's a long ass time Literally, it's been blips. It was the you know the Gilbert years. We had a couple cute years there. The Wall years, um, Bill years were they were cute. It wasn't really anything though. First round, second round. Um, last year they got the Hashim. What's uh, Hachimura? Hachimura, who was a solid player. He was much better than I thought. He was solid, but still, would that lead to about twenty five wins? Like it's just the Wizards, right? So. What do you guys got them doing? And please, no Juan Vesely's. Please. please. I mean, he's one of the best players in Europe now, I've heard. So why not? <laughs> yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a Dunked On podcast, I think it was, or <laughs> Dunked On or uh, Hollinger and Duncan, one of those. But yeah. But um, if I'm if I'm Washington, I, I'm thinking either looking at, um, and it's been talked about a couple of times now, Yeke Kungu or someone like Isaac Horo. Because bottom line, you need defense. Um, you're bringing John Wall back. Um, after a year out with his injury, Bradley mm-hmm. Beal, you the worst defensive team just by a long shot last year in Washington. Thomas Bryant's a decent offensive center, but he does not give you anything on the defensive end. And you just mentioned Rui Hachimura. So with all of that, you need someone to at least offer any type of resistance, especially for a team that wants to contend in the bottom rungs of the Eastern Conference. And with that, I'm looking at Akongu as a big, maybe playing the power forward 
kind of you know center spot in like a platoon with uh, Bryant, or you're looking at Okoro playing the three to four type situation. I think it's sliding at three two. Although you do have Troy Brown Jr. as well, so that's what I'm looking at there. But one of those guys that are more defensive minded would fit for Washington because that's exactly what they need. There you go. What about you, Stony? Uh, I agree 100 percent here. Um, the highest guy on my board. And the guy who probably checks the most defensive boxes for uh, the Wizards happens to be Okongwu. Um, I don't think you worry about positional fit with Thomas Bryant um, because you, you just want talent here. Um, and I think Okongwu offers both the best defense and best talent available. Um, and I think uh, there's a lot of untouched avenues to Okongwu's game. Um, he showed flashes of a playmaker at center, uh, flashes of a bit of a shooter, uh, who can extend his range a little bit. So I think there's a lot to still unpa- unpack there with the Kongu. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how he develops. But uh, I, I would say that's the pick here. There you go. All right. Well, I'm, I'm all in for another 27-win uh, year. It's all good. You know, it's been like this forever. All right, let's move on to the Valley of the Sun. Um, we got Phoenix. And last night I heard Chris Paul is supposed to be in play. Um, you know, I saw that Sarver, he's a terrible owner. But, you know, what other, you know, he's a billionaire. What does he care what I think? Uh, I heard they built a new facility and they're doing some renovations to the arena. So it could be a good fit. I'm not a huge Devin Booker fan. I mean, I, he could fill it up. I just don't. I mean, he's a volume, high volume guy. But I get it. I get it. He's cool. He's a Jenner. I mean, sorry, he's a Booker. Um, So who do we guys got them taking? Uh, so with the Suns, it really all depends on on this Chris Paul trade. Uh, if there is a Chris Paul trade to be had, this isn't the Suns pick. Um, mm, there's no way this gets done without, without this pick. Um, and probably Rubio and Ubre alongside it. Yeah. Uh, but if the Suns do continue, uh, with this pick, um, I think, uh, they're going to look at, they're probably just trying to get another three and D guy here. Um, you have Isaac Okoro possibly, or Devin Vassell possibly, Two guys that I think um, fit alongside Mikel Bridges um, can be Kelly Oubre replacements. He's an expiring or a trade asset, depending on how you view him. Um, and I think he can take that, pl- or either one of these guys can take that place on the wing as uh, solid defenders. Vassell is more of a shooter for sure than Okoro. Okoro offers a lot more playmaking than Vassell. Um, but either way here, I think uh, they're in a good position to land another wing, and you can never have too many of those. That's true. I love wings, flats or, or regulars. It all depends. Right, what do you think? What, what, do you, what do you got, Corbin? What do you got? At, at the at the you know expense of using the same joke twice, I think we all know that pick's going to OKC. No, I'm fine. Um, okay, so with that, <laughs> without that being the case, I agree with Stoney completely. I think that the sounds like the one guy, three and D for what they need. Um, all right, that's but this is you lose uh, Kelly Uber because Uber Bridges, um, Cam Johnson, and Vassell. That's that's a hell of a wing kind of combo, platoon, dynamic, whatever the case may be, to kind of throw out in different lineups that can make them really interesting. Yeah, and they got a great coach in Monty. And Ubre's an interesting cat, too. Uh, you know, he was out here in D.C. Um, I always could tell if he had the right time in the right space, he could definitely be an asset. Uh, did he get paid yet, or is he coming? He's getting paid soon. Uh, he's he did getting paid, get paid again, right? Yeah, okay. he's about this uh, next next uh, 2021. Okay, cool. Like a two-year playoff, a team option, no player option. Let's move on to the uh, um, perennial. They didn't make the playoffs last year, but still, the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even know who's on the Spurs anymore. Like, I know DeRozan's on the Spurs. I know Aldridge. That's it. 
Um, they're, you know, they're not my Spurs that I grew up hating. So what are, what are they looking for? Uh, I think the Spurs are just going to spur here. Uh, I think there's a good chance they go with Alexej uh, Pokushevsky out of um, – I think I pronounced that right. Yeah, yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> uh, he's Serbian uh, but played in the Greek, basically B-League. Um, but he's one of the – he's like a one-of-one one player. I heard someone describe that on one of their podcasts. Um, there's really no player we've ever seen like him. He's like a, basically a full-time seven-foot point guard. Um who's like 190 pounds, super thin, seven foot, but can shoot threes, passes, like he'll make behind the back passes, and you're like, what the heck? And um, can whip it out to the perimeter. Uh, defensively, it's uh, extremely scary, but um, offensively, he's, he's extremely dynamic. Um, and the hope is that um, – the competition that he played against uh, wasn't just making him look really good, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, I think right around this range between maybe 11 and 20 is where you're going to start seeing a lot of teams really think about taking the risk on Pokashevsky because if he pans out, um, he can be a huge asset to your team. Stash him away, you know, two years, get some muscles, come in busting. I'm with it. Corbin, what do you think? Sorry. So looking at it, I think you're looking for a forward now. You have loaded, clogged up backcourt uh, between DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Brent Forbes is a free agent, um, uh, Lonnie Walker, who just signed with Clutch. It's so you have a lot of yeah. Exactly. So I'm looking for another forward. Um, I saw Aaron Naismith as someone that would be pretty good for them. He's one of the best shooters in the draft, in the class, and the Spurs sucked at outside shooting. I mean, they were pretty efficient on low there. Shots were from the mid-range from the two, you know, best players in DeMar DeRozan and Lamar Aldridge. So someone who isn't going to further clog up that backcourt, you know, someone who can swing between the three and the four and offer you that much spacing that I think San Antonio is going to need just moving because, I mean, it's 2020 in the NBA, not 1997. So um, <laughs> looking at I get that Stoney gave as well, though, obviously. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's like you said, Spurs going to Spurs. It's funny because I was watching uh, NBA TV the other day. They had the uh, – 99 Western Conference Finals, Portland versus uh, San Antonio. When uh, Sean Elliott hit that three over Rasheed, damn, Memorial Day miracle. That was a uh, yes, Memorial Day. That was a great game. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to uh, kind of a ho hum, kind of a nobody team, Sacramento. I mean, anytime you pick uh, Marvin Bagley over Luca, man, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, now I heard D Box out, right? Like he's going. Um, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's out. The, Sacramento is just one of those teams that, besides the little blip of the uh, 2000 Weber Bibby uh, Pager years, they just eh, they just don't register. But you know, I guess they got hope too. It's the draft. Where you guys got them taken? Uh, so Sacramento's in kind of a, a strong spot here, actually, in terms of positional need. They don't really have to draft based upon positional need. They have Fox, they have Buddy, they have Bojan, which they're hoping to extend or uh, pay this summer. Um, they have Bagley, like you mentioned, which, depending on how you view him, um, which I imagine strongly still for them since they took him number two. Uh, so they they really don't have uh, a gaping hole in any one area. Uh, maybe center, but it's too early to reach for a center here. Uh, so I think you might look at them to take uh, Aaron Neesmith here, just another shooter. Like Corbin mentioned, probably the best shooter uh, out of Vanderbilt, uh, 6'6", 6'7", guy, uh, who's 
he's a one trick pony, but his his trick is, he does really well. So um, I think you could look for him. Uh, it's probably just best talent available at this point, and I think uh, this might be where the Kings look. There you go. What about you, Corbin? What do you think? Yeah, I mean Sacramento is so weird because I have no idea like what their plan is. Um, but I guess no one does. Um, I guess I'm, I'm I agree with Stony. I'm also thinking uh well Bay as another forward. Uh, mm-hmm. If not Naismith, I guess those two in my mind. Sadiq Bay is nowhere. I mean he's not the shooter that Naismith is. But if you're not getting someone like that, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of a forward. You know, someone who he actually shot pretty good, like you mentioned, like a, a good amount from three, a good a percent. I think forty seven percent. I forgot. Um, but you're looking at a shooter in those spots. And I think it's interesting that you were bringing up San Antonio and Sacramento because both teams are in this weird place where are we contending for the bottom rungs of the West? Are we trying to rebuild? What are we trying to do? Both have question marks around, you know, restricted free agents moving forward. Sacramento a lot more than um, San Antonio with um, De'Aaron Fox up for an extension. But in terms of that, I think you're looking for someone who's going to space the floor and shoot, and that's, and that's what you got. So I agree with Tony, and I'm also thinking the same. A thousand percent. Yeah, they're both kind of in no man's land. So it's weird. Uh, yeah, but I, I San Antonio will figure out one way or another. All right. Next up, we have the New Orleans Pels. Um, on the low, they've actually become probably my sneak uh, favorite team um, because you know, as a Laker fan, watching the baby Lakers, and then they got traded all for AD, and it was a great trade for both teams. I feel both teams. The Lakers got a great player in AD, and the Pels got a nice package with Hart with Ball. Um, and Brandon Ingram. So um, I'm very happy that they got rid of uh, Alvin Gentry. thought he was terrible. Now, also not a not a big fan of uh, Van Gundy, but whatever. So what, what are they – now, of course, they're trying to tra- trade Giroux. Um, they're kind of in a no – they're not in a no man thing because they got talent, and they got young talent. But they need to, like, turn the corner a little bit. Something needs to happen where they can, you know, start – I think making the playoffs should be a bar for them. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, the Pelicans, I mean, they didn't have a full year of Zion, obviously, so that's going to change a lot for them. Um, but Zion, uh, Jackson Hayes, Brandon Ingram, who will probably stay in New Orleans and get paid big money. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Lonzo. They have a lot of young talent, right? So it's kind of like, do you really want to add more young talent when you already – pretty much rounded out your team as far as that goes. Uh, maybe you just want to stack more veterans to kind of uh, bring more of a winning culture into the system. Um, and there's also reports of Drew Holiday possibly being on the move, right? So that could leave uh, a positional opening at shooting guard. So I think they may try and pair this pick with Drew Holiday to maybe upgrade their shooting guard. Or you could see them take um, take a shooting guard here and maybe Tyrese Maxey, uh, a guy who's kind of a combo guard. Um He's a pretty solid – he's a, actually a really solid two-way player um, for how small he is, only about 6'3", but um, can shoot from all three levels, a solid passer, um, pretty much everything you want out of a combo guard, uh, but with a some, with more of a limited ceiling, I would say, than maybe a Killian Hayes or Alonzo Ball. Lamella Ball. You mean Lamella? Lamella, my bad. What do you got, Corbin? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I, if I'm New Orleans, I'm trying to trade and maybe trade up um, because the guys I'm looking here at the back aren't guys I think either make a whole room. And also, I don't know if you want more younger players right, when you already right. have to be players on that roster that need playing time, not only for 
finding their um status right now, like so let's say a Frank Jackson for his restrictive mm-hmm. free agency. But then next year you have a couple with Lonzo Ball, with uh, up, right, right. Lakers guys. You already have Brandon Ingram this year. So I'm looking at trading up, maybe getting a, a more veteran piece or a younger, a piece up higher up in the um in the to get out of this. If not, I mean, I feel bad even saying one. I mean, I've looked at some and they have Jalen Smith. I've looked at I've looked at Jalen Smith as a player, as like a power forward type that I, I just don't seem as a good fit. I mean, you already have Zion, and when you have Zion, you have Jackson Hayes. You need time for Jackson Hayes. You already have um Derek Favors, whether or not he's gonna come back. And then you look even further down the line and you have Jaloka for. So you have enough on the big yeah. position. You also have Nicola Melli that's still around as well. And you look at the guard spot and you already have a good group of guys and you look at the four, then Brandon Ingram's going to soak up a lot of that time. I just don't see. I think if you're going to make an impact maker, you trade up. If not, um, I mean, you try to find a way to move that pick in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans is in a weird spot. They, they got talent. They need to put it together. But I think they can. I think they can. All right, next up, we have the 17-time world champions, uh, Boston Celtics. You know, kinda... You're going to say 17-time world champions. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. I'm a Lakers fan. I had to call it out. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they had an interesting year. They made it to, what, the Eastern Conference Finals. They got great players. Um, the Hayward thing might not have worked out, but it still hasn't really stopped them from winning. Um, I, they need to do some of these picks. Remember they was hoarding those picks for all these years, and we're going to trade AD. We're going to get these in package with AD. It never happened. What do you guys got them doing now? Uh, so I think the big positional hole you see for the Celtics is at the center position. Uh, you have Ennis Cantor, but you really don't want him playing as your full-time starter. You have Tice, you don't really want him playing as your full-time starter. Cantor may be gone anyways. Um, so I think and at this position, it's really hard to find a center that's not reaching. Um, so I think you see them package all three of their first-round picks together to either move up or out of the draft and pair it with uh, one of their players, um, whoever it may be, maybe it is a Tice, uh, just to try and upgrade that center position. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I don't see the uh, Celtics holding on to this 14th pick um, come draft night. There you go. What, what about you, Corbin? Oh, I keep muting myself. And I think you either try to trade that pick. If not, I'm looking at a big uh, Precious Achua. I think we talked um, just in terms of someone that can kind of come off the bench and get something. You already have. Um, you already have Robert Williams. You already have um, their current man is lo- I'm losing it now. Um, aye, aye, aye. Their current big man on their team. I'm going to look this oh, up Tice. last year. Tice. Tice. Daniel Tice. But, like, I-, I just don't know. Daniel Tice against the bigger of bigs can be overwhelmed. I'm not saying that Precious can't be, but I, I think that Precious is strange as someone who's a lot more dynamic as a rim roller, someone whose motor I'm a lot more high on, along with Robert Williams, is something interesting. If not, I see, I mean, the Celtics have been looking to move that pick for a minute now, yeah. he said. So I think you go that route. If not, though, unlike the Pelicans, there is someone that I wouldn't mind if the Celtics got him. Whereas regards to the Pelicans, they move that pick. I'm not sure what I like there. No doubt. All right, let's move on to Orlando. Another team, like, Honestly, I, I haven't watched them play, and I watched them a little play in the bubble a little bit. They got Markel Fultz. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what direction they're going. So maybe you guys can give me some intel on that. And what do you guys think? Um, so with the Magic, uh, we all know they love length, right? They got Jonathan Isaac, they got Aaron Gordon, they got Vucevic. So they're pretty set on bigs. Um, obviously Isaac will be out all year, unfortunately, so we can't watch his awesome defense. Mm-hmm. But um, they're lucky because in this draft, it's all about guards, right? This draft is just loaded from like 
the pro like in the draft, probably half of the first round picks will be guards. So um, they have no shortage of excuses on why they shouldn't have another guard on their team because right now it's pretty much Fultz. So um, I think there's a couple options here with how many guards that they there are available. Uh, Tyrese Maxey may still be be available. Um, you have Cole Anthony or Kira Lewis, um, mm. two explosive guards um, who can either play alongside Fultz uh, or off the bench behind him to start out. Um, I think both guys offer um, a lot of just explosion um, into that offense, something that uh, Fultz hasn't yet um, really gotten since it is all of his uh, parade of injuries. Yeah. So um, – so I think really either of those two guys makes a lot of sense for the Magic, um, and they have another primary initiator, another guy who can create for the team, which um, is really limited on that team right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think? You're on mute again. You're on mute. Yeah. This guy. It's my computer this time. It's not me. I'm yeah. looking at the screen. I'm trying to talk. I went to press the mic. It is. Sure, it's not. Sure. Okay. Right on. Right um, on. <laughs> I'm looking at Colin. Um, long story short, another guard. I hate going after Sony because Sony says all the good ones, and I got to be like, well, first I got to you got one, right? But then I got to say, uh, then I got to go, you know what? Yeah, everything Sony said, I, but, like, it's true. So, like, don't get that twisted. With that being said, yeah, I think you need another um, – you already said the, the way the roster structured, everything's skewing toward the bigs. The only guard you're looking at for a long-term future with Evan Fournier probably picking up that player option is someone like Mark Fultz. So, and, and he's up for a free agent next year. So mm-hmm. you're looking at a guy that can kind of go alongside with me, play off the ball in a small backcourt, maybe supplant him moving forward if for whatever reason Fultz doesn't fit the bill or doesn't learn how to shoot the three yet. Whatever the case may be, you go with something like that. I like Cole Anthony. The great thing with Fultz is you can play him at either guard position, so it opens up a, a bit of flexibility with that backcourt. Mm, yeah. You, you know what? I was actually thinking uh, Cole Anthony would be a nice fit there. He would be mm-hmm. a really nice fit there. All right, let's move on to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, another team, they're guard heavy with Dame and um, CJ. They got they brought Melo back. I don't know if he'll be back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on them. They're not mm-hmm. whack. They're not whack at all, but they're kind of in the blah land. Uh, Dame has to go crazy for them to really have a legitimate chance for them to win, um, but he goes crazy. So shit, why not, right? Mm-hmm. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Um, I mean, I'm looking at more, and I don't know if this is the great one, but I'm thinking Desmond Bain, um, someone who I mean, he provides more shooting. Not really so sure. Can't speak now. So sure on the defensive side, but you're bringing in additional depth off of that because you're right. You have McCollum and Little Token so many minutes. Got- um, Anthony Simons as well. But someone who can provide some additional scoring, I think, um, is something nice. If not, I wouldn't mind if there was like a pressure to chew there. But you, the, weird, the weird thing about Portland is it's like coming up and, and supplementing their bench because their starting five is relatively decent, if you ask me. I mean, Zach Collins and Yusef Nurkic are pretty locked as much as Damon CJR at, you know, point guard and shooting guard. Small forward, I mean, they platoon hello, Gary Trent. Um, and I, get, I think if you get someone like Desmond Bain, he's smaller at 6'5", but he could someone that could kind of fill in that spot. But I think you're just looking for someone to come off the bench and kind of provide that um, that additional scoring help, just additional pop off the bench. Anthony Simon's kind of disappointed in his second year there. And, you know, aside from Gary Trent kind of, you know, evolving into a really good shooter, you didn't really see anything else there. So I'm looking at that first and then maybe a actual need later. But whoever... Drafting of this spot isn't going to come to the starting five. So I think it's coming off the bench and trying to make an impact there. 
a little depth on the bench. Okay. Uh, we got many next, but we don't really need to talk about those guys anymore. <laughs> In Minnesota, we don't <laughs> let's move on to Dallas. After that, you know they got Luca, they got KP. I don't know where you guys stand on Porzingis. Uh, he has talent. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just don't know where I stand on him yet. But who do you guys? Who do you got? Who do you guys have them taking here? Uh, I mean, Dallas has pretty much bought into Porzingis as their number two guy, right? So you kind of have to move forward in that way. Um, so with him and Luca as pretty much your building blocks, right? You kind of build around that. Um, You have Jalen Brunson at point guard who can be replaceable, um, but at this point in the draft, you're really probably not going to find a long-term starter, maybe, but it's doubtful. So, um, and they're a great shooting team, right? So maybe you want another big, uh, maybe Precious goes here. Personally, I wouldn't take Precious this high, but um, I think that, you know, he in Dallas, um, they could use another big off the bench. Uh, we saw Dwight Powell go down, and they were really limited with only Maxi Kleba as their center. Um, and then uh, maybe perimeter defense is something else that they kind of struggled with this year. Um, you can look at a guy. They picked up Michael Kidd Gilchrist, so that tells you like how how much need they were of perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so someone like Josh Green, I think, uh, was a, would be a really great fit here. Um, he's probably the best perimeter defender alongside Okoro, possibly. Uh, and a really young guy, explosive, uh, just a phenomenal athlete at Arizona. Um, offensively, he struggles to create for himself, but you don't really need that if you're alongside Luca. So um, just a 3 and D prototype guy um, who can provide a really strong D for you in an area that you need. Corbin, who you mm-hmm. got? Um, I, I I agree with Stoney where he's coming from, but I think I looked and was looking for apparently there was reports looking for some mental point guard help or or guard help, and we kind of talked about that. I like Tyrell Terry, um, six three, kind of slight frame, but a smooth shooter. Um, someone who can get his teammates involved with pick and roll. Someone who can probably be a secondary playmaker since we know Luca's going to kind of dominate most of the offensive action. But someone else you could turn to because Mavericks didn't have a lot of that. Um, course of the year, and then even toward the playoffs, you know, um, Tim Hardaway kind of, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do, he's scoring focused, and the same with Trey Burke, who you also brought in, so you bring someone in, um, Tyro Terry, who can help spread the floor, but can also make plays, and if there's any coach that can work with small point guards, it's real, so I'm definitely looking at that. It's like a Lakers situation, where LeBron and Luka both just uh, carry so much of the uh, playmaking load that they need a secondary initiator on that team. Exactly, yeah. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's move on to uh, where Brooklyn at. Where Brooklyn at? Brooklyn's up next. Um, very interesting. They're probably the most interesting team, I think. I want to see Brooklyn versus LA Christmas Day, eight o'clock, the prime mm, time game. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really curious to see how Brooklyn does the whole Kyrie KD thing, um, Steve Nash thing. I just think they're interesting. Like, I don't know if they're going to be great. I don't know if they're you know a finals team, but. I'm going to watch. That's a team that you're going to watch. Like, you know what I mean? So what do you guys, what do you guys got them doing here? Um, I'm looking at like an RJ Hampton, another guard. And this is only because I see, I'm assuming that Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie may be in play in a trade. Yeah. If so, you bring in someone who can be low usage, even though some of his knocks against him was that he was a high volume kind of score slash shooter. Um, right who wasn't really great from the mid-range and wasn't super great from three either, so it's kind of weird there. But the whole would be that you bring him in, someone that can bring some instant offense and maybe get better shots because his shot selection was a knock on him. But you're playing off of Kyrie and Kevin. I'm just saying I think those those opportunities would be there. Um, 
But that's what I'm looking at. You're not bringing another center. If you can get a swing man, that'd be nice. If someone was to fall a little later, um, if Aaron Naismith was to be there, that'd be kind of cool. Um, I highly doubt it. But that's what I'm looking at on Brooklyn. That's if they don't move that pick because I feel they're very much in play. And if they're trying to go for someone like a Drew Holiday or whoever the case may be, I think the whole ship of picks go. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Stoney, what you got real quick? Yeah, uh, I actually agree with Corbin here in terms of this pick probably not staying with them. Uh, they're probably going to want to include it with uh, any sort of package with Torian Prince, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, something along that side to bring in a third star with Kyrie and KD. Um, with this pick, uh, like you said, you probably want to find another low usage player here. Um, I'm not sure RJ Hampton would be the answer for that, in my opinion. Um, so maybe a swing man like Sadiq Bey or Tyler Bey. Uh, both combo forwards um, who are strong cutters um, are guys that I would look for here. But yeah, uh, I'm not sure this pick is going to stay in Brooklyn. Um, and that's kind of the theme of this draft. Is there's a lot of sellers, but the question is going to be how many buyers are there? Bingo, bingo. Speaking of sellers, we got Miami next. Um, not really concerned with them. They, they're pretty much stocked what they have. Um, so we can skip them. All right, let's go to the interesting Philadelphia 76ers. They, I mean, basically got a whole new front office with the great Daryl Morey. Um, they got two of the best, probably top seven, eight players in the league and, and Big Ben and uh, Joel Embiid. They got Glenn Doc Rivers, who likes to play a lot of golf as the head coach. So we'll see how that goes. What do you guys got Philly doing right here? Um, Yo, yeah, go for okay. it, bro. I, I would say Nico Mannion. Um, someone who's crafty, you know, kind of getting around. Somebody who's a solid shooter. Someone who plays off the pick and roll. Uh, it'd be it'd be another secondary initiator. Depending on what the Sixers are going to do now with uh, Doc and Daryl, whether they're going to make Ben Simmons the initiator again, um, or if they're just going to move him back to power forward. So a lot of that depends on that. But I think he's an upgrade from a playmaking perspective over Shake Milton. Can kind of put him in the in the role where he just shakes, and makes, and scores in that spot. You bring someone who. Low usage, can kind of do the pick and roll, can shoot pretty solidly, give some more balance to the team. And if you are going to have Ben Simmons as the, as the point guard, then someone to play off of that, like we mentioned earlier, Estonia with the Lakers and, and with the pick um, with Dallas, just someone who's a secondary uh, initiator to the offense. We saw that worked out. The 76ers are another team. Very important that they had one hub. That was Ben Simmons, the secondary hub. You want to call it outside, but nobody who could really effectively operate a pick and roll and guys like Tobias Harris, who at least could a couple years ago, seemed no longer able of doing the same. So I think that man, you'll be a nice steadying pick. You're not getting an impact difference maker, but I think this will play a difference for the Sixers. No, no, it's 100%. Um, all right, let's move on to Denver. Um, they draft damn well. They draft damn well. They got a great mm-hmm. player development. Um you know, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Porter, huge fan of um, Bobo. Denver's in a really good spot. They're in a really good spot. Uh, what do you guys, Tony, what do you got them doing? Uh, Denver likes taking swings, as we've seen. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. and Bobo. Um, they don't need another big, but uh, again, Pokashevsky, if he's still there, uh, which I kind of doubt. Um, I think there's no doubt in my mind that they would take him. Uh, but another option for them uh, right around here, I would say, is either Tyrell Terry or Desmond Bain. Uh, both guys, if I'm the Sixers, I would also look at. Uh, but as the Nuggets uh, bring in more shooters, guys that can create a little bit more for the team, uh, Bain's a bit older. He's more of a plug-and-play guy. 
um, which is something I think the Nuggets will really want because they are trying to contend now for a championship. They're no longer in that rebuild mode. Um, they kind of have some guys, you know, that they're trying to bring along slowly, but for the most part, they're they're looking to, to push towards the finals. Um, Tyrell Terry is another guy who can create. Uh, I think he's a little bit more of a project because he's small. He's going to take a little bit more time to develop um, some muscle and things like that. So I would say Desmond Bain is probably the pick here. Yeah, yeah, that'll um, yeah, Denver's are just uh, I was very impressed with them in the bubble. Um, they just need to gel a little bit more. They need one little piece, one little oomph to get them over, you know. But they're right there. All right, let's move on to uh, actually, do we have to? All right, fine, we'll talk about the Jazz for a little bit. Um, they're the Jazz, they're always there. They're, they're 48 to 50 wins. They got Donovan, um, they're always going to be there. You know, like flat out, they're going to be top five, top six in the last every year. Not really legitimate championship contenders. So, what do you guys got them doing, real quick? I mean, I, I guess Kira Lewis. I don't know. I mean, he's someone if he slipped this far, sure. Uh, depending on how you feel, my man Conley's long term future, whether or not he's moved, I don't really know about that going on this ETO and everything. Um, so you bring in a guy who's not going to compete with Donovan for the ball, but someone who's a great change of pace guy, um, that pace being a lot faster, um, putting pressure on the defense in that way. Someone who's a decently solid shooter, um, and you're really just playing Donovan Mitchell, which I think is evolution for the Jazz team. Um, first on what they do with Conley, then on what they do with uh, Rudy Gobert. But I think that's what you're doing. And, and you need a point guard that can at least come off the bench and do that. Uh, the bench sucked last year for the most part uh, before Jordan Clarkson came, and he's more of a combo guard. So that's, that's more to the shooting side of it than the distribution uh, point guard side of it. So I think you're looking at someone like that. That's what I would do. What do you think, Sony? Um, yeah, I'm just going for best player available here at this point in the draft. Um, and for me, uh, that would probably uh, be Malachi Flynn or Grant Riller. Uh, maybe Tyler Bay if he's still around. Uh, all those three guys, I think, are plug-and-play guys, which are what the Jazz would want <clears throat> at this point. Um, they are trying to compete, right? They're not really trying to rebuild at this moment. <clears throat> uh, I think Grant Riller provides the shooting. Uh, they come off the bench. He's uh, out of Charleston, a 22-year-old guy, knows what he's doing, can run an offense really well, just like Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn's one of the best pick-and-roll guys in this draft. Um, so I think pairing him coming off the bench and playing some minutes with Rudy Gobert would be cool. Uh, and then Tyler Bay, probably the best cutter in this draft. Uh, someone who uh, Donovan Mitchell can find off cuts or Michael uh, Mike Conley Jr. Um, a guy who can hopefully stretch out to three, um, but they are limited in that forward role. They don't have a whole lot of uh, positional depth. So I would say uh, either one of those three guys is, is a, a formidable option for them. All right. All right, so let's see. We got we're we're rounding down here. Um, we got Milwaukee. Uh, eh. I mean, what they need, they're not going to find the draft. You know what I mean? Like what they need is just not going to be in the draft. So we can kind of pass them on. OKC. Now that's interesting because, like, as most people know, we we all think that Chris Paul's on the move. We all think that draft picks are coming back. We all know they draft really well. And we all know they have a shit ton of draft picks. What, what do you guys think they're going to do here? I don't know if they keep this pick. Um, they, maybe they package it with uh, one of their veterans or something to move up a little bit. Mm. Uh, maybe they go for future drafts because uh, 2021 and 2022 are going to be stra- are going to be stacked mm-hmm. um, com- in comparison to this draft. So maybe they try to look for future picks. Um, if they do stick around at 25, 
Uh, we all know they love just phenomenal athletes. That's just what they look for. Um, so Tyler Bay, again, if he's around, uh, or Jamie or Jamias Ramsey are two guys that are just, um, you know, shredded athletes. Uh, Ramsey shoots the three really well, something they don't have a lot of. Um, but again, he's a guard. So like how many guards do you need? <laughs> um, Bay is more of a forward. Uh, I've already gone through what he does though. Jaden McDaniels is another guy, uh, really raw talent. Um, super lang- lanky, long guy. Um, he's going to be a bit of a project, but the, uh, the thunder don't really seem to be in a rush to win anytime soon. So they can take a chance on him and hope he pans out. Uh, so there's a lot of options here for them. I think, um, they're not really limited to any one position. Yeah. They're, uh, OKC is always in the mix. Always in the mix, and they're um they overachieved this year, but they were just a good coach team. Donovan's a good coach. I actually thought he was going to go back to college. Um, I think you, you know, the pros, you get to a point when you're just like, I mean, what am I going to tell someone making forty two million dollars? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I, how am I going to tell you, yo, run suicides? You know, you yo, need to be in the gym later. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Hey, mm-hmm. that's right. That, you learn your lesson, champ. Yeah, no, you're making forty two million dollars. Like, I. So I just think college, he would definitely, you know, he was a great college coach. So, but mm-hmm. okay, season good shape. So after that, yeah. we got Boston. We don't really, we all uh, kind of agree they're going to package and mm-hmm. do something with that. Holiday those for sure. We got the Knicks again, and we all don't care about them. What they doing now? We got the uh, world champion, seventeen-time world champion. I don't care Thank what you. Bill Simmons says. Uh, Minneapolis stuff counts. Um, now, I don't know how many lakes are in L.A., but still, I get it. About um, 17. So. <laughs> All right, so who we got? What are the Lakers doing? What are the Lakers doing, fellas? Um, so I was looking at a guard. I already mentioned Nico Mannion before. Um, I don't think Kira Lewis would be there. But someone I think would be interesting is like a power forward. Like, well, cheap, but Jaden McDaniels. Um, okay. You know, someone who's a smoother player. Um, offensively, is a little bit versatile. Maybe someone that would slot in where – Kuzma doesn't at the four spot for us in terms of like positional fit. Uh, you know, some things to be worked out on, but when you're kind of digging at the end of the draft, you're kind of looking for, for pieces that could fit and seeing how they kind of form on the whole. Um, and just on first first glance, watching a little bit of Jaden, his game's so smooth, he gets in these pull-ups with regularity. Now, mind you, he's not going to be doing a whole lot of that with LeBron handling the ball and with AD, but off the bench, um, maybe Frank Vogel can spell minutes where you play through certain guys which was the hope this year with Kyle Kuzma when either LeBron or AD aren't on the bench instead of having to stack them all the time, or especially with this season, with going to have a lot more rest with AD, I assume also getting a lot more rest, at least through the early part of the year. Um, I think that some of that could kind of fit in right there and, and play a need, uh, much to like what Markeith did this year for the Lakers. There you go. Stoney, what you got? Um, so if I'm the Lakers, as I mentioned earlier, you're kind of looking for another guard to help out LeBron, I think. Um, he just has so much playmaking responsibilities that you want someone to take a little bit of that pressure off. Uh, we don't know if Rondo's going to resign or not. Um, Caruso isn't really that much of a playmaker, right? So you're probably looking uh, – the two guys I would look at is uh, either Malachi Flynn or Trey Jones, two guys who um, are oh, I really – I haven't heard of Dookie all day. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 read, I read that Trey's um, falling out the first round. What's your take um, on that? Yeah, so there's a chance that he could fall out of the first round. Uh, if he does go first round, it would be late, um, which is where we are here at number 28. Uh, both these guys are really good in the pick and roll. Trey Jones is a strong defender, not as good a shooter as Malachi Flynn. Um, so either guy really works here, I think. 
uh, both smaller guards, um, but they're both plug-and-play guys again. The Lakers are in a championship window, right? You want to win as many as you can while you have LeBron. Um, and I think both these guys come in as a little bit older, um, more experienced, but they both know how to run plays. Um, and if I had to bet, I, I think these two guys um, probably last at least like 10 years in the league as sixth or seventh men. Um, so I, re- I feel really confident about those guys um, just bringing a high level of playmaking uh, to the league for a lot of years. There you go. There you go. No, that makes sense. And by the way, Kuzma's gone. So you guys can just add him out the equation. He's out of here. He wants a big deal and he deserves it. So. But he's just he, he's he's interesting. I like who's the guy, not a player. I might not be uh he yeah, he's a but he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. So rounding out the other um two picks, we got Toronto, which you know, uh do we really care about Toronto? I know they won a little lucky championship, but I don't. We don't really care. They might move that pick too. Yeah, and then after they that, we got all that money for Van Vliet and whoever they're bringing back, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're after, to find someone to develop. They will, because Masai is an incredible yeah. uh, general manager, and they always think forward. They're like the OKC of the North, if you will. Um, and, and rounding out the first um, first round is Boston, and we'll figure they're going to package all these picks and go about their business. So all in all, um, wh- who is – give me one guy who could be a Greek freak type or a Draymond type, like a guy that's kind of low, not on the radar, but could really blow up and be a real perennial beast. Uh, for me, it's probably uh, – I don't think there's really anyone in this draft that, like, you can definitively say that about. But uh, if there's anyone to, like, really break out, I think it would be Pokashevsky, um, just because he provides such a unique uh, style. Um, you, you just don't see seven-foot guys make the kind of passes and run the run plays like he does. Um, you have Jokic, but he he's mostly uh, makes his passes stationary, right? He's not finding guys off the dribble. Um, so if he pans out, he could be that guy. Um but yeah, this draft, there's not a whole lot of optimism uh, this year. And what, 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 what about you, Corbin? When you give me that one guy who's like, damn, this guy's a sleeper. You're going to put like 20 bucks on him. And if it hits, like 500 to one, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's the weird thing about it. Like, I don't have one. I'm, I'm a, I mean, especially in the back. Like, I'm a wrestling hound, Anthony. I don't know why. Maybe I have a type as a basketball player, I have a type. Monte Ellis, he's kind of gunners. Like Andrew Wiggins, I love. I have a Wiggins jersey. I have a type of player. I understand that. So okay. I think that he's going to be a lot. I think in my mind, like he's definitely going to be a number one pick, or he'll show that when he plays. Um, even though the issues that exist with him are still very much. However, aside from that, it's just hard. Um, everyone that I'm kind of into, everyone else is into in terms of really think. So I think I'm just going to go to Anthony Edwards. I, I feel like people are always assuming he's number one, but I don't think anyone that's like, oh, yeah, that's my guy. On Devin Vassell, a lot of people on Isaac Okoro. There's a few guys that that everyone's jumping on, and it's like, oh yeah, and you know Anthony Edwards will probably go top three. Like I think there's a, a guy that could be the guy for like a team, like an actual decent team in like yeah. five years top. So that's what I'm gonna go with. Not not really the deepest of dives, but there's my <laughs> he's a little, he was on the shallow end, a little shallow end right there. No, my guy who like I said, you know, growing up in the DMV. We watch a lot of Merlin. Merlin's like, you know, 15, yep. 20 minutes away. So Jalen Stick Smith. Um he he's he, of course he's small, but he's got great timing. Uh he can shoot. He's got a nice stroke. Mm-hmm. I actually think given him the right circumstances, he's gonna play next year. 
Like okay. you take him to take him to a team like Houston, that's obviously like they're in like almost a, a, a rebuild, really, after they get rid of uh, Harden and Westbrook. Jalen, Jalen's a he's a legitimate player, and I think he could really make some moves. I really do. I really do. He's not that small anymore. He put a lot of muscle on. Yeah, he's he's. Coming from where I saw him as a freshman, I was like, this guy can, you know, he can't even chew gum and, and dribble. But mm. to, to now, he, he's a sleeper. He's a sleeper. So we'll definitely see. But, fellas, this was dope, man. The three man was. Weed was dope. It was good energy. Like I said, I never met these brothers before, but it's all love <laughs> because we, <Yep. laughs> you know, we just, we do our thing. You guys are like, you guys are the true professionals and know this shit cold. Me, I just know kind of like, Five or seven players. I'm with you, man. That's all Stoney. Stoney knows this shit, Cody. He's naming players. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Who'd you say after Wiseman? No, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, mm -hmm. oh, after after Lamelo, I'm like, yeah, okay. that guy hey, works. I'll tell but, you right now, fellas. We, we got in after the draft. Oh, totally. We totally. We got we got full circle. I'm totally down for. Yeah, this is dope, man. I really appreciate you guys. I Thank y'all. Thank you, bro. I'm, together, I'm, yeah. I'm on the East Coast. Y'all fellas on the West Coast, so the time difference and all that. Yes, sir. It's beautiful, man. But thank you guys so much. Before we go, I want you guys to plug all your stuff and, and so everyone can follow and, and get everything in motion. Go for I it. I appreciate that. I'll let, I appreciate uh, yeah, so you can find all my stuff um, at report underscore court, like I said. Um, I run draftsite.com. Uh, we keep updating our mocks daily, so you can kind of see where I think teams will pick guys. Um, my own personal big board is on my Twitter as well, so if you want to see how I view guys, um, and I give all my thoughts in terms of breaking down their games and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, you can find all of that again at, at report underscore court on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, and for plug, plug everything. Yes, sir. Uh, at Corbin NBA on Twitter. Uh, host a podcast called NBA Today. Uh, with hoop ball, so hoop ball.com, um, NBA to the court before on Apple, wherever you find podcasts. Um, also, I'm gonna have some work on premium hoops coming up, so they're really dope. Great podcast, great written work. I'm just trying to get on my right. And then I'm also a uh, co host of a podcast with uh, my friend uh, Gary Bouguet. It's called Duncan Dynasty. So, we meet once a week, deep dive NBA topics. We've done some classic games. We just did um, a rewatch, like classic, uh, the 2006 series between the San Antonio Spurs and Dallas Mavericks. And went to that a little bit. So we're all over the place on that. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm, I mean, we're all hoop fans. I try to get as much as I can on that end. So, uh... nah, no doubt, man. That's awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, everybody, Appreciate we want to thank you, thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, we dropping hot shit every week. So just follow us. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs>